COVID-19 has everyone hyper-aware of many things most of us didn't think twice about before. Take cash, for instance. Who wants to touch paper bills or coins nowadays when they don't know who's been handling that money before them? Joining us on the podcast this week is Nicole Machado, Executive Director for Product Strategy for Card Services at Harlan Clark. She'll talk about the latest in card technology and how the pandemic has spiked demand for cards that don't require punching in a pin. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. Which do you prefer, paper or plastic? In this case, we're talking about using cash versus credit or debit cards. Speaking only for myself, I've had the same 20 in my wallet since April. With COVID-19, fewer merchants seem eager to take it, and I'm not sure I'd want the change coming back from the transaction. With us on the podcast this week is Nicole Machado, Executive Director of Product Strategy for Card Services at Harlan Clark. Nicole is here to talk about the falloff in cash usage in favor of cards, and particularly contactless cards, for transactions as a result of the pandemic. Nicole, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you so much for having me. So maybe the best place to start is with a little bit more on where Harlan Clark fits into the card industry. Are you a card manufacturer? Are you a card issuer, technology company, some of the above, all of the above? That's a great question. Um, and, and many folks probably don't know, but Harlan Clark has been in the card services industry since 1997. We have a number of strategic relationships that allow us to bring card manufacturing, card personalization, instant issuance, and turnkey prepaid programs to our over 1,100 financial institution clients. So from what I've read, cards are having a moment in the time of COVID. People are worried about handling cash because they don't know who handled that cash before them. So even tiny transactions are by card these days. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, many businesses are declining to take cash these days. Um, it's a pretty common occurrence, particularly in the last few months, to see signs in the windows of our stores stating cards or electronic payment only. And I just read the other day that even those businesses that are taking cash are not able to give change back because now there is a coin shortage in the midst of COVID. So cash is really the least desirable for merchants to be accepting at this point. So with all that extra card usage, I guess there's also some concern about the chip card readers because of the keypad, people touching the keypad. So while it's a special moment for cards relative to cash, I'd also expect it's favorable time for contactless cards as well compared to those with chips. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even before the pandemic crisis, contactless payments were growing as a preferred method of payment, but our current kind of environment has just accelerated that growth. So, I mean, in this time of COVID, consumers are just hyper aware of what they're touching. And we as consumers want to limit our contact with anything that is considered sort of high traffic or perhaps maybe less sanitary. And that's really where the appeal of contactless payments come in. There's no need for to physically touch a terminal 
which of course makes a contactless card more desirable for both consumers, really, and merchants. Is there a way for you to know if this is a permanent shift away from cash handling and strongly toward contactless payments? Or if this is more like, say, masks and distancing, which is something that we're doing now because that's what the current conditions call for, but that might revert once we're on the other side of the pandemic. I guess I'm asking this because the end of cash has been something that's been predicted for quite a while now. Right. I do believe this will be a permanent shift. Consumers really create habit patterns. And we've been living in this kind of no contact environment for several months, and it doesn't look like it will be ending anytime soon, unfortunately. Contactless payments are incredibly fast, secure, and convenient. And there's really no reason to believe consumers will want to revert back to older form of payments once we get back to the quote unquote normal. Not to mention, really, the landscape continues to encourage contactless usage with the rollout of more contactless cards in the market. I mean, nine out of the 10 largest issuers have contactless cards in some form or fashion in their portfolio. And there is a significant increase in contactless capable uh, point of sale terminals and large kind of city transit systems like in New York and in Chicago are moving to contactless as well. So. I really do believe this is a trend that's here to stay. Worries about cash, uh, worries about keypads and uh, uh, the growing clamor for contactless. This brings us to the dual interface card. So, Nicole, tell us what dual interface cards are and what you're seeing in terms of demand for them. Um, And in particular, if you have any numbers you can share on that. Yeah, that's a great question. So dual interface cards are a card with an EMV chip and an RFID antenna spanning the outside of the card that enables a contactless or kind of tap and go transaction. And it's important to note that that contactless technology on these dual interface cards uses all the same EMV security protections as the card when you dip it into a terminal. So Interestingly, in a consumer survey, which was done back in March, so kind of at the beginning of this pandemic, over a third of the consumers, 38%, viewed contactless technology as a needed feature on their cards. Not a would like to have, but a needed feature. So it is becoming table stakes, really. In addition, MasterCard did a global consumer study where nearly eight in 10 respondents indicated they use contactless payments today. Visa has recently stated that the U.S. now has more contactless or dual interface cards out of any market globally. While we may not be using them as frequently, we have more in market at over 175 million cards. So that demand just continues to accelerate. Being able to pay in more than one way, that's a a clear benefit of the dual interface card for consumers. What are some of the other benefits with this versatility? And maybe you could also talk about the risks. You know, for example, do people need to worry about uh, RFID readers while they're walking down the street with their cards? Sure. So there are several benefits to the consumer. As we've been talking about, it certainly eliminates physical contact with payment terminals replaces the need for small item cash purchases. They're accepted and in many cases preferred globally. And as you had indicated with your question, it provides flexibility and choice for payment transactions. 
When you're talking about risk, consumers really don't have to be concerned that someone can skim their card data with an RFID reader by walking by. Just like when dipping an EMV card into a reader, each contactless transaction creates a unique code that is specific to that transaction, which secures the cardholder's payment information. So while someone may be able to get some information by skimming your card, because of that code, it is very difficult, if not nearly impossible, to actually use skimmed cardholder information for fraudulent purposes, as that unique code would no longer be valid. So those are the benefits from the consumer side. What about benefits from the issuer side in switching over to dual interface cards? I mean, I wouldn't imagine there would be much downside except maybe the cost of implementing the technology. Would it be a costly transition? Well, there certainly are additional incremental costs from both the card issuing and manufacturing perspective with contactless or dual interface. But there are some big benefits. With the safety and ease of contactless cards, consumers are more likely to use them, which makes them top of wallet and then increases interchange income. They offer a better customer experience to your cardholders. And contactless cards, again, have been effective in converting those small cash-based payments, which just increases the usage, increases the revenue. I'd also think with the upfront costs that scale probably comes into play, that bigger banks would have more resources to dedicate to this than, say, smaller banks would. So how do those smaller banks stay competitive in this environment? What do they need to do to stay in the game? Well, it is true that scale can come into play. But if you're a smaller institution, the risk of not seriously considering this technology could be devastating. As consumers seek out issuers who have contactless cards, it's much like the EMV conversion several years ago, that it's imperative to stay on the forefront of technology. So I really would encourage all financial institutions to reach out to their processors and their card providers to at a minimum have a conversation to see what it would take to make the move to contactless. So what you're really talking about is the opportunity cost for people not doing this. Exactly. Where do the non-bank competitors fit into this? Apple Pay, Google Pay, and the like. How much do banks need to be concerned about these digital wallet providers that seem to be growing their presence? Well, really, the name of the game is being top of wallet, regardless if it's your physical card in your wallet or the card in a mobile wallet, which would be loaded into Apple Pay or Google Pay. So that really all goes with education. Financial institutions need to educate their cardholders on how and why to use contactless cards as well as how to load those cards into their various digital wallets. That way, they're covered regardless of how a consumer decides to pay, either with plastic itself or using their mobile phones. That's a good point. If anything, the digital wallet companies may drive more demand for cards and more reasons for financial institutions to keep up with the technology. So Nicole Machado, Executive Director for Product Strategy Card Services at Harlan Clark, Many thanks again for sharing your insights with us on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. A few key takeaways from today's podcast with Harlan Clark's Nicole Machado. Dirty money has a broader meaning during COVID-19. And because of that, 
cash is out and cards are in as the preferred method of in-person financial transactions. And even for card users, the idea of punching in a pin on a keypad is off-putting to many people. So this is a prime time for dual interface cards that offer more versatility. They can be inserted into a chip reader, or their RFID antenna can work with a contactless terminal. The pandemic will end at some point, and after that, cash may no longer be shunned. But Nicole is confident that the move to no-contact cards is a permanent shift. One reason is that once people develop a habit, they tend to stick with it. Contactless is also faster and convenient as a virtuous circle grows wider. More contactless card issuance means more contactless point-of-sale terminals, which means even more cards, and on it goes. And finally, the scale of bigger banks gives them a big edge in rolling out contactless. For smaller banks with leaner capital budgets, the transition to contactless carries both explicit costs and opportunity costs. The latter includes being out of step with the powerful trend and thus at a competitive disadvantage. Think of the recent bank switch from swipe cards to chips. As Nicole puts it, the name of the game is being top of wallet. Thanks for listening to this week's BAI Banking Strategies podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor of BAI. Join us next time for more insights on issues important to the financial services industry.